Hi there. Welcome to A Creative Affair, a collection of conversations exploring creativity through the art of photography and other creative passions, of course. I'm Len. Uh, I've been teaching professionally my whole adult life, and just over 10 years ago, I left a full-time position teaching outdoor guides and started teaching photography full-time. And it turned out that that was a defining moment in my life for me. Uh, I actually hoped it would have been when I opened an art gallery, but no, it actually was when I combined photography and teaching together that my whole life fell into place. And uh, it's really important because when I teach and when I create photography is when I go into a flow state, when I, I just totally get lost into the world. I find that absolutely fascinating. <laughs> that is fascinating. I'm Bree. I'm a life coach for creatives and a photographer. And one of my favorite artistic inspirations is the painter Georgia O'Keeffe. So if you haven't, <gasps> if you know nothing about her, go look her up. I'll put a link to her work in the show notes. I just love her soft color palette but paired with very bold subjects. And I can't wait to go to her museum one of these days in New Mexico. I'm going to do it. And uh-huh. you know what's interesting? You know, you not you and I, Lynn, we were talking about our, our you know, our artists that have influenced us. And I was thinking about it and found an image from her. And I really think subconsciously she has heavily influenced who I am as a photographer. And through this photographic journey, um, I I feel like I've been developing this. Uh, I I call it a photographer's eye. Do we call it that? We can. <laughs> Meaning, we call it right? whatever we like, don't we? Right. Yeah. Well, so I'm calling it that. Um, but it means I notice the world around me in such a different way now. And I'm seeing light and movement and colors and shapes in ways I never have before. And I just think it's such a beautiful thing. And I think all of that together has influenced my personal experience of making images. And the experience of it is probably sometimes I'm in flow. And that's what we're talking about today. Flow. So let's go. Wow. Yeah. Actually, I'd, honestly, Brie, I'd like to talk to you for an hour about Georgia Keith. And um, uh, I think her work is absolutely amazing. And then, uh, of course, photographers should know that she's tied in with photography because of uh, 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 who Stiglitz was. And then there's the mm-hmm. beautiful photographs of her floating around as well. And uh, she actually took photographs too. Like We could spend all day just talking about Georgia. Uh, and, uh, and and then we could also get into her eroticism. And uh, I'm sure there's lots of flirting moments to be had there too. <laughs> it is called a creative affair. And wait till y'all hear what we have coming next season. <laughs> and we're uh, laughing because we know and... We're not going to reveal it yet. So uh, we're so excited <laughs> that there is going to be a next season, and that we're um, yes, there uh, is. it's unfolding, unfolding. It's um, going to be so fun. Well, Len, what is flow? What is flow state? What is that? I mean, I think people hear it. Maybe if you've never heard of it, now you can understand. You know, hopefully we can shed some light on it. But also, maybe you've heard of it before, but not really understood 
what in the world this flow state really is. So what is, what's your definition? Um, oh, but before we get to a definition, I, I really find <laughs> it, I really find it fascinating how it, how the, um, the idea of it, um, uh, came about. And that was, uh, when he was exploring, do you know how to pronounce his name? Uh, oh, yes. Um, oh, shoot. I looked it up. Okay. So what we're talking about is a book called Flow by Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. Thank you. I can't do that. And I, 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 I seriously can't actually pronounce his name. Um, and we'll, we'll put, my dyslexia we'll put and apologies, my sincerest apologies for um, my inability and, and listen, I had to, um, I'll put a link in the show notes, but there are, because it's so difficult to pronounce because of the spelling, um, I had to look it up on YouTube. So, oh, and there are good. people that say how to do it. So anyway, <laughs> Mihai Csikszentmihalyi. There you go. That's fantastic. So um, he was researching what is happiness. And it's that really trying to define what is actually happiness. And uh, in his research, uh, he, he, he really started to narrow down uh, what state someone is when they are uh, in a state of happiness. And uh, he called that state flow. And I find that as a basis of um, defining what flow is, is, is that he was actually looking for what is happiness. Now, uh, I think we can act, what he described as flow can be found in other ways and um, doesn't necessarily need to be happiness. But what's emerged from that study uh, is uh, an understanding and an exploration of a thing called a flow state. And uh, uh, it's the state of mind that we go into. Um, uh, when we're doing certain things, uh, fascinatingly. I love that you explained kind of the, the backstory of it. And I have to admit, he did a TED Talk, which I'll also link in the show notes, um, about it and explains some of his backstory behind it and, you know, his um, the beginning of, of his research. Um, and we are not going to talk all about him, but... We will be interjecting a lot from the book because it's so, um, it's so in, I, I think, you know, and we don't really know where this conversation is going to go, but it's like the book is so in depth and he explains it so well, um, you know, all, all the different, all these different facets. Um, but I, to me, what I really love is that he, he initially says flow is called the optimal experience. And when I think about that, I just think, oh, this is an ex and for sure it's can be happiness. Um, but it's this, uh, this state that, and I've experienced this before and I know you have too, Len, the state that I'm in where what, wherever we are at is like the peak of, um, of our experience or it can be peaking, right, of experience in that one particular uh, uh, genre or activity. So, and you can, it can be in photography, it can be in art, it could be in work. Um, 
it could be in sex. It could be in, um, you know, all kinds of, you know, different things that you experience in life. You can have, uh, you can experience this, this state of flow and, um, and I have more to say about that, but it's, so one of the, I'll read one of the definitions just so I'm not rambling so much. Um, but he says, flow is the way people describe their state of mind when consciousness is harmoniously ordered and they want to pursue whatever they're doing for its own sake, mm. not for like money, not for like, um, not for fame. Uh, it has to be this intrinsic motivation just for the sake of doing it. And that is what's so interesting about this state is that we're, we're pursuing it just for the experience of doing it. It's um, it's really exciting for us as artists, isn't it, to um, be talking about what state we're in when we're making art. And I think this is the reason why this is, a, is something that we're going to discuss today, is we really want to spend time talking about uh, what state or how do we get into this mind state where we produce really beautiful art. And uh, flow, for me, when I discovered it, was a very much a key element that fitted into the puzzle that helped me understand. And um, uh, uh, I go into this state where I let go and um, uh, all my other thoughts disappear. So I'm, uh, I'm not worried about my bank balance or my um, conversations with other people or um, what I have to do tomorrow. I'm actually totally 100% focused on uh, creating my art and then uh, I have to have this uh, connection with the subject. I have to have the connection with my art that I'm making. And uh, when it goes and comes together, uh, I, I'm in another whole world. I'm off on a different planet. And uh, by um, listening and reading to about what um, the flow state is, I, I suddenly have a deeper understanding of, of where I'm trying to get to when I want to become more productive with my art. Does that, I hope that makes sense there. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, I want to, I'm curious for you, because I was actually thinking about this question. I was wondering by achieving this flow state, does it necessarily mean that, that our work is um, more beautiful or more, you know, uh, that we're creating something amazing when we're in the flow state? Um, or is it like, for me, I'm thinking about it and I'm like, well, I don't know that I'm creating necessarily anything amazing when I'm in the flow state, but for sure being in that, the, I I can tell Len's smiling right now. He has things to say about this, <laughs> but being in this state for me, it's so enjoyable that because it's, it's, it's just like I, I could spend, um, you know, and I can talk about this experience later. I've spent an hours in this state and, uh, and just creating. And the act of creating is just so enjoyable that I'm like, oh, I want to do this again. Not even because I produced anything. <laughs> So what about oh, you? Like, do you, do you like expect totally. to create something beautiful? 
totally, totally agree. And uh, uh, oh, I'm, yeah, I'm, I've been laughing and smiling because, uh, well, it ties back to happiness, isn't it? It's when we're in this state of um, flow and we let go of other things, it actually means that we're in the moment, isn't it? We're, re- we're really centred and actually doing something uh, that's uh, chewing up our brain and uh, uh, engaging us in, a, in an absolute meaningful way. And, of course, of course I go into a flow state without making anything good. Uh, and the, uh, that doesn't matter. It's not always about making product. It's about the enjoyable journey that we're on uh, as artists making art all the time rather than product. Uh, I think we can get really caught up on product um, uh because we're supposed to be doing something and our work is supposed to be meaningful and it has to be beautiful every time we take a photograph. But um, for me, part of my life lesson, and I'm sure it's taken me many, many years to get to this point that just being out and doing what I love is more important than making something beautiful. So, of course, I don't make um, beautiful things when I'm in this state. But I can honestly tell you, Bree, I'm addicted to it. I really love, and it's what I want, is to be in uh, that state. And it's something that I chase through my art, is um, trying to get to that place of, of being in flow. I'm going to tell you why you're addicted to it, Len. <laughs> oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> well, one of the one of the interesting things, and this is from all of this is backed up by you know information that I've gleaned from, of course, the internet. Where else? But uh, it's it is this amazingly rewarding experience that we want to continue to have because when we when we um, when we do experience it our brains produce chemicals. So here they are. Uh, I'll, I, I won't be able to pronounce them all. Norepinephrine, anadam, anandamide, I'm sorry. Serotonin, I don't know how to say that. Dopamine and endorphins. So I'm sorry I messed up those first ones, but listen to all of those like chemicals. It's because we have this amazing chemical release that makes us feel so good. And what's awesome, what I love about flow is, and the reason I think it's called flow is it's because our, our all of the things that we're doing like our actions and all of the things that we're thinking, our awareness, those have totally merged. And it just feels like our brain and our body are one, like continuous, It's they're one. And um, we know exactly what to do next, the, the next steps. We don't have to, we may be working on something, right? Then part of it may be challenging, but... It comes. Um, it's. It feels kind of easy. It doesn't feel really difficult, even if we're being challenged. So, um, one of the th- a couple things I want to say about flow that I love is we lose our sense of time. We just kind of. I've done this for hours, right? We're not worried mm-hmm. about failing. Our um, the our self our personal self consciousness like I, I've experienced this I'm like I don't care who's around me or what I'm doing and all of that kind of falls away and it's just 
me and the creation, the doing of whatever activity I'm in. It's full concentration. It's awesome. <laughs> it's um, uh, it's also a moment when our um, subconscious um, can communicate clearly with our consciousness, I think. And uh, uh, it's something I don't really understand very much of, but I, I find that my art works when I'm relaxed and I'm able to really feel myself. And so uh, being in a state of flow um, takes away all those nagging thoughts, uh, helps me being really particularly concentrated, but it really happens um, when I'm actually able to listen and feel. And so when I'm making art, uh, I'm actually feeling the art as well as uh, doing it consciously. And uh, of course, there's compositional decisions and uh, uh, technical decisions being made as I'm making my art, but there's also this... uh, uh, fine tuning into feeling so that uh oh that feels right that doesn't feel right or I'm attracted to go over here or there's something happening over here and uh, it's so immersive as you say the whole world disappears the time time disappears on us uh, and it can happen anywhere like uh, for me it's happened going into a dark room and I shut the door and I come out at three o'clock in the morning and I've been in there for eight hours, totally obsessed with making a, a photographic print. Or uh, it, maybe it's happened in the, in the wilds of um, um, South Africa on the Namibia border at um, Cookaboom Cliff on a photographic <laughs> shoot where I'm uh, the light and uh, being immersed in photography for, you know, a few weeks... Uh, I have such an immersive experience and the chemicals that get released are so crazily high, um, I'm almost uh, totally stoned off my face on my own chemicals. Uh, I would absolutely love to amazing see that. experience. <laughs> well, and that, that's one reason that we want to be in this because it it is it it is this like physical experience and this really emotional experience and um and yeah, I, I mean, I, I'm trying to remember all of the things I, I'm trying to remember all of the things that you just said that, um, that were so just beautiful. I, I was also thinking one of the reasons that it's so that it, that it's so nice to be in that state is because we've dropped all of the stress and the worry and, mm. um, and, uh, and we're allowing ourselves just to to do the pure creating. And oh, maybe that's what I was going to say, is that we're allowing ourselves to connect with our subconscious because we're not. Our, uh, you know, when we're when we're worried about something, when we're thinking about something, and our brain is in the background. It's like chewing on it and worrying about it. You, I mean, I, I've had that before a lot. I mean, even right now. I'm making this podcast with you, but I got like, I'm preparing for a trip. I get a couple things. My brain in the background has all those little things that's talking to me. Um, but I'm sorry, I'm not in the flow state right now, then <laughs> <laughs> I need some chemicals. Um, but when we drop all of it 
and uh, and be purely focused. That is uh, maybe maybe one of the reasons. Hi, Momo, <laughs> the dog. Um, I think that's one of the main reasons that our that that our sub that we can tap into that subconscious level because we don't have any of those things. Our brain isn't busy doing that. It's just a thought from me. I don't. We can't prove any of no, that. No, no, I totally. Um, believe in that and uh, it just doesn't happen um, for me and I'm not talking for other people here but instantaneously it, uh, there has to be a build up uh, for me I'm so in my head I'm I'm sorry about that but I get so caught up in my own head space um, that it gets in the way and it actually is hard work to get to that place. Uh, I was only away last week and um, on a trip um, with a group of photographers uh, teaching abstract photography. And uh, being immersed, um, my work went from, um, you know, very, very average uh, to, to blossoming. Um, over that particular period of time. So uh, what's happening is I'm um, actually working my way over a period of days to get to this flow state where I, I can actually let go of all the other things in my life and actually be totally present uh, with uh, my work. And then knowing that it takes me that amount of time to get there, uh, I now actually build into my schedule a few extra days to stay there and stay in it and to keep working. And then uh, I, I reach out to, I love working with other people too, and I reach out and say, hang on, why don't you stay around and we'll just go out and take photographs. No pressure, um, no performance. Uh, let's just, while we're in this, we, we have access to this state because we've worked all week to, to get there why don't we um, continue in it for a, a little bit longer? So um, for me, it's um, I wish I could just switch into it um, much more easily, and uh, but I can't. I have to actually work very, very hard uh, to let go of my consciousness because uh, it gets in the way. It blocks me up. It distracts me, leads yeah, me down a different same. garden path. Yeah, same here. And you know what's funny about flow is, um, and one thing that I'm understanding by reading the book, and I think that's true, is we can't, it can't be forced in any way. And so I think that, that there's ways that we can set ourselves up like you have to experience it. You know, that I love that you build on the end of your trip, a co you know, some time for yourself to have that and to, now that you're relaxed and you've been in your art and you've been with other people and, you know, we're both social. So we get our, like, I don't know, are you, do you get your energy from other people? Yeah, <laughs> so, definitely. It, and it keeps yeah. me going. It keeps yes, me going. exactly. It's so exhausting. Some people, but <laughs> right. But for some people, you know, if you're with a lot of people and it's exhausting for you, that, that might not be the, the, the right time for you is afterwards. The right time might be to get there early and immerse yourself and have, allow yourself to have alone time so that like if you run a workshop, then you, you know, um, 
then when the people arrive, then you've already experienced it and you relax and you're ready. And this is, of course, kind of just for photographers, but it could be anyone running any kind of, you know, artistic workshop. So there are ways that you can be creative in how to put yourself in a space where, um, where you are consciously relaxing and setting aside some of the stress. And because, uh, you know, honestly, when we're creating our art, there's really nothing that we can do about the bills that have to get paid. <laughs> so, right? If we're deciding that we're going to spend a half a day, a whole day on our work, then we're not deciding to pay the bills. We're not deciding to, you know, do all these other things. And so maybe we can just let ourselves not have to worry about them because they don't. Mm. It's not something that we're doing that we've decided to do right then. So I think we, as artists and creatives, we can be creative in that way is to figure out how to set ourselves up. So any other ways you set yourself up to kind of put yourself well, in that state? One of the ones that you just mentioned there is like, and uh, if we're worrying about our bills, um, one of the answers is go and just deal with them. <laughs> like get rid of them, clear the table, um, uh, tidy yeah. the office, tidy the studio, empty your emails, um, go and pay the bill, go and write that um, email that you have to write or that uh, that piece of work that you need to finish. Like clearing the slate is one way um, for me to get there. But it's interesting. I had a, another lovely conversation um, uh uh, with a, a very dear mate of mine, uh, Evan, and um, uh, we were talking about uh, his creativity, and uh, he was telling me that the as he practiced being more present in his life, and actually actively practice being present, uh, his uh, creativity went off the scale, and being present. And I said, "Well, come on, you tell me your secret to." Um, being present. Well, he said he started practicing with um, just brushing his teeth. And uh, the beautiful story unfolds of um, uh, uh, why are you brushing your teeth just to feel and to concentrate on that um, on that very action, to, to feel it, uh, to have and to shut out all the other things and just to be very present. So as he practices being present, uh, uh, his creativity just goes nuts, and uh, he, by practicing it with one tiny thing, he can then extend that over and over and out into to other things into his life. And uh, to me, getting to a flow state is actually about getting to be more present with uh, my art and uh, who I am and what I'm doing at that very time. That's. That's really amazing. I that's really beautiful. I really appreciate that um, that idea, and that that is. So to go back to if we go back to Mihai Csikszentmihalyi, and <laughs> <laughs> um, one of the things so he talks in his TED talk and in the book, um, there are seven conditions of flow. And intense focus, one, well, I have, I have a whole list of seven, which I'll put in the notes too, but um, the first one is intense focus. And I think that is being very actively present when you're just 
hyper-focused on your one activity. And it's not even just total focus, right? This is a... No. This is a complete... Um, like a, almost like a hyper awareness of like if you took your toothbrush, right? Where are the bristles going? You, the actions of your hand. Cause so, so many things that we do are just, you know, we're trained, we've trained ourselves to be to routine, not even, haven't we? Yeah. To not even think about them. And, um, and for sure, when we're entering this flow state, we want, we do want a good portion of what we do to be sort of the routine. Like for me, I want to know all the technicals of working my camera, but when we already know the like the, like, let's say the proper way to like brush our teeth and we already know how to do that, then we can focus on some other parts of it. So like in photography, if we already, or any of our art, if we already know, like I have all the technical stuff uh, worked out, and we just can do it so mm. easily, then there's so much more that we can that we can focus on because we're not tripped up. So the 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 idea is we have this balance between skill level and challenge level. And you want it to be, you want both of them to be very high to get into this flow state. So you want to be able to have the a lot of skills. So that you're not messing around with all the details, but also you want something to be really challenging at the same time so that you can be very hyper-focused. Otherwise, you get bored. Mm. And um, I had a lovely conversation with my son um, only a few weeks ago, and uh, he was arguing. He, he wants to be a lawyer, and debating is one of his things at the moment. And uh, he, he's, he loves to argue with me and then discuss the point. But his argument How's that was, working out? Uh, how- How's that working out for him? <laughs> very well, actually. Um, okay, good. <laughs> very, very well. Um, uh, he's growing up too quickly. Anyway, um, uh, his argument was, uh, Len, I, uh, Dad, I really love to learn. And I actually go in to this uh, beautiful flow state in, in learning. And so he sees learning as a, a skill. And as a challenge in itself, and I find that a absolutely fascinating thing because <coughs> part of the problem, as we're talking about, is are we obsessed um, and, and thinking about how to do something and it's getting in the way with actually being the creative side of things and uh, getting the skill ratio to um, challenge working for us uh, is quite hard and uh, I know with my students uh, uh, focusing people into projects where they're actually uh, are working on something that they love that's quite defined uh, helps remove some of the challenges of um, uh, having not enough knowledge. And so by removing um, all the other possibilities and focusing in, then they can really target their learning specifically down to um, just the challenges that they're facing right at this time. And uh, it can be a learning thing going into flow, um, and it can also be a, something uh, that when we're very, very skilled, we can go into this. So our, our level of knowledge 
um, can be varied. But the, the important point that he makes here that there's challenge, isn't there? And I think one of the things that we love about art, not only is it its addictive nature because it... Um, we go into this flow state and all these chemicals are produced, but also that it has a high degree of challenge about it, that we're always wrestling with this question about what is beauty. Uh, well, uh, that's one I wrestle with. Um, and uh, uh, what makes a satisfactory artwork for us? So that is part of the challenge that we're balancing, that we're wrestling within our mind and trying to feel the answer and uh, consciously solve it that actually keeps us in the flow state. And uh, I think that's part of our addiction and, and returning to it because the challenge of making art that is satisfactory uh, can feel so high. Yeah, and um, I'm trying to figure out how to put this into words. I think, and it doesn't matter, I agree with you, it doesn't matter necessarily on our skill level. It's finding something that's challenging to meet that so that we can mm. have these good experiences because if the skill if our skill level I think I said this before if it's if it's higher than what we're challenging ourselves with we're going to get bored so if you find yourself bored creating your art in your art then this is a good cue to then say well, what more could I be doing? Get your brain going. What what more could you be challenging yourself with? Because the reason you're bored is because you're not challenged enough. And you want to put yourself into that space where you are doing that, where you're learning and, um, and pushing yourself because that's when it's the most fun. That's what he's saying. Even if we're working, like I, I, I have to tell you, I, so I played flute in college and, and there are days where I would practice for hours and I was sweating and, um, and, and working cause it's a whole full body physical experience if you're playing your instrument correctly. And so, yes. um, right. It is, but, but that's the key is that you want to be you want to be challenging yourself and that hence the sweat. <laughs> and, and sometimes I would be so exhausted. I mean, having a good time doing our art doesn't mean that we're not tired when we're done. It just means that when we're experiencing the flow, we don't even notice any of it. Mm. And, mm. and so I remember having these hours, hours of practicing and apparently I didn't have children then <laughs> bothering me, <laughs> but I, right. So, but I would have these hours of, of practice where I could be in this state. Now I'm not talking this every time, but I could be in this state really enjoying, but enjoying the work part. This doesn't come when we're leisurely kind of casually doing things. In yes. fact, what's interesting, Go, um, well, oh, let me say one more thing, Len. One of the interesting things that I understand from now reading this book is we experience flow so much more when we're actually working versus like leisure and you know doing things that are like more relaxing because we're pushing ourselves. Okay, go ahead. Um, oh, there's so many. <laughs> leisure is, the, is part of the um, 
part of that game too, isn't it? I, I really love sailing and rock climbing and uh, um, I also love bushwalking and uh, I go into a flow state in, in those activities as well because uh, I actually have to concentrate to continue doing them and uh, uh, that's part of it. And each of them works differently. So walking is so different to something like climbing where every your, uh, your focus is so, so sharply done. Uh, one of the things that uh, he says is that we need this inner clarity and we're coming, I want to come back to your flute and uh, practicing is that, and of course, into our art is that as you're practicing, you actually have a goal that you're trying to work towards and that you have a, an, an inner sense of being able to measure where, how close you are to it. And uh, uh, practicing is bringing you closer to it, and you can feel that if oh, if I keep doing this, I can get this right, and uh, oh, 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 I've got it right just now, and uh, oh, it's going now, and then oh, I just lost it actually, and I lost it because of this happened, and if I work on that little bit, then and I go back and start here again, I I can actually iron that problem out. And uh, I think we do that as artists. As a, um, we have a sense of idea about something and we start playing with it and experimenting about it. And uh, one of his uh, points also is that we're not scared to make mistakes, is it? And that we're, we're experimenting and taking risks and trying different things on this journey to, to solve uh, to solve our problem or to um, create something uh, as an artist our, our problem to solve is to create something that is meaningful to us and perhaps uh, uh, meaningful to other people and you're when you're practicing the flute you actually have this ability because of your skill level to measure where you are up to in that process and that's what also keeps you engaged isn't it that measuring yeah. to yourself. Yes, yes. I I think um, you know when I was first starting out playing the flute, you wouldn't know. Um, but having the skill level to be able to do this on your own, like at this flow state, didn't happen for me when I was in a lesson, or even uh, maybe sometimes when you're with a group. But for me, it it's always when I'm alone experiencing this because it's so much easier not to have the distractions and, um, and it's almost like I'm having this like inner dialogue with myself. Um, and, and, and you're able to really, I love this like idea of inner clarity because you're really talking with your brain and you you're having this these aha almost these like aha moments too and you mm. know when things feel right it's like that whole your whole body goes yes that was right yes that was right <laughs> and um and that to me is like i love that part of of this experience is having that feeling of yes I love this part and it's exactly what I want to be doing. This is exactly what I came here to do, even though I didn't even know what I was setting out to do when I started it. So that's, that to me is like this weird part about it. it Did, the um, clarity. Does it, 
Does it happen with other people? And you, you said that um, it doesn't for you in music. And uh, uh, when I learnt music, I, unfortunately, I learnt alone and uh, with, a mu- with a teacher. But uh, I learned to perform um, in solo and uh, it was always very, very difficult for me to play with other people. And uh, I actually used to teach musicians how to work together as teams for a job. And uh, that was an interesting part of my life. And uh, when a, a band is performing at a really high level, they're all in a flow state. Um, to get that, and that's what they're chasing as well. And it's a, it's actually a team work thing. And then the flow, the the flow comes together with lots of people involved in it. And I find that really, really exciting. And that's what I was alluding to when I'm uh, running a workshop. Uh, as the leader, I'm also in control of trying to get help other people get to that. Um, that state and and trying to maintain it and and help people get that focused on that work. And uh, I know you're a teacher too, Bree. When we're working with people, we're actually trying to help them clear the decks and find Mm -hmm. out what it is to become focused enough so that they can actually get into this flow state themselves, don't we? That's part of our goal is to problem solve out, uh, to get them in, to flow so that they can actually produce something meaningful to them that's uh, very, very important. Yeah, and I think we do that in different, we do that in different ways. And I haven't, I maybe have experienced the flow with a group, like if I was doing a duet with someone and we were just, oh, I can't think of a time where it was really going very well and everything in dropped away and oh, have we been practicing for hours now? You know, that kind of a thing. Um, but rarely. For me, it's a solo activity, but I, I so many, for so, so many people, the, the amazing thing about this is it can come in so many different varieties. You just have, you just figure out where it works for you. Mm-hmm. And I think that's one of the things that is very, very important in his work is he's, he's not, uh, it ends up in creativity because his second book is actually on creativity. But uh, originally it was from this happiness perspective and then it's this uh, exploration of a, of a state and we can get it anywhere. It can be anything where we're totally immersed in it um, and we want to keep doing it and we um, it's, it's transferable, isn't it? So we, we can freely talk about um, the flow state for playing a flute and creating art or for me uh, teaching a a group of people I go into a flow state in that process as well Uh, and one of the key elements that he talks about here is that intrinsic motivation that we want to do this and we want to perform really well and uh, that's actually also driving our intense focus is our um, our obsession with uh, our own performance with what we're doing with our passions. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I love I doing our our art or whatever it is that we're challenging ourselves to do purely for the doing of it. Um, that's where it has to come from. That's when you're going to find the most enjoyment of it. And I, I think that's definitely why um, that's why he brings up 
intrinsic motivation as as one of the key elements because if you are getting together and saying okay we're going to create this and we're going to be doing it so we can make um a hundred thousand dollars i mean who knows if that's any you know real money to anybody but um you know or any kind of amount of money it has a different feeling to it and for sure you can create something from intrinsic motivation that can make you money but if you're just if you're just doing the thing to make the money, then you don't necessarily, I, he's saying that's not a driver to enter this flow state. Now, I'm not saying it's a problem to do something just to make money, (laughs) but if you want to have the optimal enjoyment and the optimal experience of being in this state, then you're doing it for the pure love of it and not Mm. because you're motivated by you know, something else, you know, um, you know, one of the, another one that he talks about is, uh, he says it's an alternative reality reality. So you're not like just washing dishes. You're not, you know, driving to the grocery store or doing any of those mundane things around. This is like something special. And I can think of a time for me that I, I had this flow state and, and I'm a newer photographer. Um, and I say that in quotes, because what does that even mean? Uh, so I haven't experienced it in my photography very often, but in one in particular, I remember focusing so much on these rocks. You guys all know I love rocks and, and all the patterns. I really, it was almost an out-of-body experience. I was not even in a real like reality real place. Uh, cause I was purely, it was just me and these like crazy rock patterns that is, are so out of the normal, my normal life that, um, that it, that, so I was able to, that partially that I was able to enter flow because it was outside of that norm. So you were totally in flow because your chemicals were just pumping out through your body, weren't they? And, uh, uh, that's what it felt like. You're in an alternative reality. And, uh, well, it's actually really hard to describe because yeah, you were so focused on it. We, you can reflect right. back on it and try to – It's uh, outer body is a really good way of looking at it because um, we're trying to describe uh, something that we weren't uh, conscious of at the time. <laughs> right. It's when, it's when you're done, you're not, you don't even know that you're in the state until after you finish and you're like, oh, wait a minute. I think this is just what just <laughs> happened. Right. And, and, uh, and what's interesting about being in this state is sometimes you feel like time's going really fast and sometimes it's very slow and my thoughts are coming very slow and I'm, I'm uh, uh, thinking about very tiny things and even like, even when I'm, you know, it, you know, there's, you, you had said earlier that there's compositional things that you're working out and, and I'm like talking like very, very minute camera shifts even because it's just my, it was my subconscious going, if you shift it to the right one centimeter this whole thing changes, right? So mm. it is It is a very unique experience. And we're hoping by discussing this, 
and our, our excitement and enthusiasm for being, for experiencing this, we hope that all of you are able to put yourselves in a place where you can also experience it in your art or, you know, even any work that you do. I have a question for you, Bree, and I think one we should discuss. Um, uh, if we, you know, if we discover we've been in it afterwards, um, surely there are things we can do to help set up ourselves so that we go into it more easily. And like we talked earlier about clearing the decks and all those sort of obvious ones. Um, but uh, what other things can you think of that we can actually do to help um, set ourselves up to go into the, the flow state uh, and to get there more quickly? Do you, do you have any hints for me? Well, um, so I'm looking at there are seven conditions of flow. So if I'm looking at all of these different ones and going, okay, if I'm going to be in flow state, there's all of these different conditions and how can I set myself up to experience each one? Um, so you talked about, and maybe, maybe this is, we can just talk about each one and maybe we have some ideas surrounding each one. Um, this isn't something I've planned, but this is how I like to approach problem solving is going, okay, this is where I want to be. How can I set myself up to get there? So intense focus. I love that you talked about the toothbrush thing. I think that's a really great way to practice having intense focus, right? Well, and it's so, also a way to practice clearing the mind. And so yeah. um, the, the, real, the real part of that exercise is actually feeling and removing all those other thoughts and uh, concentrating in with that intense focus um, with that inner clarity, isn't it, as well? It's, I think it can they're, do they're, a lot. <laughs> I think they're trying to achieve um, a flow state in, in, in brushing their teeth. And a Buddhist would argue that I'm sure that uh, you can get it anywhere and with anything that you absolutely do in life. Yeah, if you're absolutely present with everything that you do. Yes, is, it's an yes, exercise in want. presence. Right. And yeah. and what's interesting is the next one is an alternative reality. So you want to put yourself in a place where you're maybe, and we talked about doing anything at any time, but the, the flow experience can happen when you put yourself doing something that's out of your normal. Mm. So put yourself doing something that's out of your normal, um, that's out of maybe your routine. And uh, I'm going to jumble these around. Um, oh, that's uh, that's one of the oh, that's one of the reasons no, I love to travel and make art um, because uh, it takes me outside of my normal routine and takes me to somewhere new. And in that new place, I can find stimulation, and also I can leave other parts of my life behind. So there's right, uh, multiple right. parts going on with being away from home, uh, from where I'm normally doing stuff and doing it um, somewhere different. And I find when I travel, I, you know, I need to make sure that I have, if I want to be doing that, you know, having that experience, I need time in the place to just be there and experience it and, uh, you know, have it be even a little bit more familiar. So I didn't experience flow with these set of rocks until I had visited that place at least three different times. 
And then when I came there, I did it almost on purpose. I was like, I'm going to stay in these 50 meters, 100 meters. And I was there for hours in in this space. So that's one of the next ones is timelessness. You... You may decide you maybe in order to achieve this flow, we don't give ourselves a time limit. We open up our schedule so that we we don't have the time worry. This is like part of the clearing is take away the concern about how long this is going to take. Because if you have this running in the back of your mind, I only have 30 minutes. How can I quickly get in the flow state? It's never going to happen. You cannot be conscious that it's going to happen. So taking away some of the time and we count, that's why we can't always do this. You know, when you were in the dark room, Len, for sure, sleep would have called you eventually, right? <laughs> but you didn't have like a deadline. I have to be, you know, somewhere at some time. You were like, I'm going to go in the dark room. Yeah. And I'll come so out when I'm So often we worry about, oh, I've got to get up tomorrow and do this and I've got to have a good night's sleep and those sort of things. And it actually stops us pursuing something at that very moment. Uh, one of the things that drew you back... Um, it wasn't just the act of revisiting it uh, three or four times uh, about these rocks that you would keep getting drawn to them, weren't you? That there was something about them and a feeling that like, oh, oh, and you kept noticing and then you wanted to go again and then you you like, oh, okay, uh, I can really feel that they're talking to me. Uh, I really need to go back there and just uh, uh, give them that um, energy for that to happen. And uh, uh, so you were setting yourself up over a period of time um, and hopefully um, uh, hopefully you hit that flow state when you were there. Right. And I didn't, I didn't actually know that's what it was. I didn't know anything about it at that point. Um, so, but for sure, I, I had all of the, the right ingredients. And one of them is this intrinsic motivation. I was just going there to spend time with the rocks because I loved, I was so interested in it personally. Mm. And I didn't, I had no idea what I was going to do with it. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of them are still at my, <laughs> my, all my collection. Um, and, but I, uh, to, totally enjoyed the experience for the pure enjoyment of it. Um, so, and, and it was at a point talking about, let's go back to the skill challenge ratio. It was at a point where I knew enough about photography that I didn't have to worry about all of the little tiny details, like all the, a lot of the technical things I was making uh, it, it was more rote memory, you know, the, what is it? Muscle memory, you mm-hmm. know, to, to be able to just work my camera really easily and, um, and know, Oh, and be thinking, Oh, I, I'd like to move a centimeter, know exactly how to do that. I'll just move this, move this, move this. Right. And so I had enough experience that it wasn't clunky. Things could just flow. Beautiful. <laughs> That's absolutely beautiful. And I'd, Part of my question was definitely a leading question. We can set ourselves up for it, but we can't predict that it's going to happen. We can try, uh, 
Uh, we can keep doing things to to trigger ourselves. And uh, uh, I just want to share one other story I only just discovered last night or yesterday. I was doing a presentation on David Hockney and uh, I discovered that every morning in bed, he draws a flower and sends it to his friends in bed. And uh, I was sort of thinking about how beautiful that was on so many different levels. Like one, it's romantic and it's uh, so loving and caring. And uh, and then I was also thinking uh, how it probably is a trigger for him each morning to, to start him off into a creative mode and uh, uh, if we can find these little things and maybe their habits uh, I know um, you know sports people even might even have a little tiny little routine or words that they say themselves or the uh, a particular movement they do before they do something to help center themselves before they actually do their performance and uh, uh, as artists, we need to find those triggers as well that can actually help us get there. And I know for me, one of the biggest ones is um, actually time practicing. And uh, 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 it's one of his points about being in flow, isn't it? Is that we have no fear of worry or fear of failure, that we actually see ourselves as practicing, experimenting, searching, exploring trying to find uh, these answers. And uh, uh, I know for me that that answer can take weeks to come, not just minutes or seconds. And uh, I have to give myself permission to be present over a long period of time and to keep working at it. And then finally, the flow state turns up when I'm least expecting it because everything else comes into line. Not only am I in flow state, but the light's beautiful, the tree's magic, the the place is there. I do have that spare time and I can just totally become immersed. And then afterwards, I sort of step out of this alternative reality and realize, hey, I was just in flow. And then the most beautiful thing happens, Bree, is that when I look at the work, oh my God, it's beautiful. And that's why it's addictive is because the quality of the work also matches being in this flow state rather than when I force it. So <laughs> I'm sorry, that's a bit I, of a long rave there, but uh, no, it's kind it of all like, just came it's kind out. Of, <laughs> well, it kind of goes back to what we talked about at the beginning, which is it's kind of a chicken and the egg, which came first thing was, are you making is flow state conducive to making beautiful work or um, is does is the work beautiful because we were in flow and so and so I I think that's a question only we can answer for ourselves um, but I have, I feel like it's probably the, that second one it's beautiful because of our experience and we know we're so emotionally tied to our work we just are it comes from within us it it's it's this unique these all of these unique creations um you know sometimes we call them our babies you know we're passionate about them and uh and 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 so we we want them to, we want to have these beautiful memories associated with the work that we love. So, mm-hmm. the, so that all goes, that I think that all goes together. One of the things that I can do to set myself up for some success in this way is, um, 
if I know, let's say, oh, so one of my favorite places is White Sands National Park. It's this, these gorgeous, I have a collection of images on my website, but it's a gorgeous um, field in New Mexico. Is it called a field? Dune field? Probably. Of gypsum, white, soft gypsum dunes and they're incredible and if I go there and I find myself um, a little tense a little uptight maybe I've been traveling (laughs) I can feel my shoulders maybe I've been in a hurry to get there and to be honest even if I'm in a hurry I actually just take a few minutes and a lot of times I'm alone when I'm there I take a few minutes to just clear And that's what you just talked about, Len. Um, And we can do this process over time, but or I can do it as I walk out to the dunes. And there's ways you can think on purpose. And like you said, Len, giving yourself permission to put all of the stress and the worry and the time constraints and all of those things aside if you don't need to have them so that you can have this beautiful experience creating your art. Mm. Mm, magical, absolutely magical. I know for me, um, I create my best work when I'm in flow, but when I go into flow, it doesn't necessarily mean I make great work, but I'm um, on the edge of making great work and uh, that's why uh, it's so addictive. Uh, and uh, as you said, we've, there's so many reasons behind that. Well, that's fantastic, isn't it, Bree? I think uh, that's been a, an, an incredibly inspiring conversation that we've just had. Uh, I feel inspired and uh, uh, now I'm thinking about how do I create more time in my life to go and try and find this flow state more often because uh, I think over the last few years uh, it's been very hard um, uh, to get away and it's something that I've been, um, I'm really, really looking forward to doing and uh, getting back into my flow state. And uh, of course, finding at home has been actually a, an incredible place for many artists I know as well, but that's a whole different story. Uh, I really love uh, sharing these thoughts with you and our listeners. And uh, as you know, I run uh, Lens School and I publish Lens Journal and the links are in our notes. And uh, uh, of course, there's uh, links to all uh, other things that we mention and to um, the videos. Um, but just before we, uh, we close up, I do have a question uh, for our listeners. Is, uh, have you experienced flow? Uh, what was it like for you? And I think the most important one is uh, uh, how do you set yourself up for it and uh, explore that and uh, uh, make sure that you get there uh, as often as possible. And uh, we hope we've introduced a a flow to you. I know we haven't explained it in depth. Uh, We can't do that in such a short period of time. But we do encourage you to go and explore that further and see what it is. Please keep the conversation going with us and uh, uh, you can email us, uh, if you like, at create at a creativeaffairpodcast.com. You can comment on our um, Instagram posts, uh, if you like, and 
please talk to us or even our individual ones and uh, we'd love to hear from you. Yeah, we love chatting with listeners about all of these different topics and hearing how um, our conversations have influenced you or inspired you in any way. So, and for me as a coach for creatives, I help artists like you finally, finally achieve goals in your art, business, and personal lives with less stress and tons more fun. Like I think that flow state is tons more fun. So if you have less stress, (laughs) then you will have more fun. So you can go to my website, creativemindscoach.com. And guess what? You can sign up for a free 30 minute coaching session with me. And you can see what's holding you back from achieving your creative dreams. I love helping people move past places where they're stuck so they can really keep their artistic passions flowing. It's fabulous. So before we go, we just want to say thank you to everyone who's reached out and engaged with us and shared our conversations with other creatives. Thank you so much. And we would really appreciate uh, if you followed us on Instagram, if you can share the poc- any of the podcast episodes with anyone that you think would benefit by hearing them. So, because we'd love to reach a ton more artists, season two to come. We're so, so, so excited. Well, then, I know that you'll be keeping the romance alive at all of your wonderful artistic passions. Um, Len just showed me some projects he's working on, and I'm so excited to see those come to life. So we hope that you guys are all, everyone out there is doing the same. So until next time, goodbye. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you.